0: This is Speaking Speaking with the the Enemy. enemy. On the Cats Audio Network, here is Louis Butko.
1: Yes, the show is Speaking with the Enemy. The Enemy this week, a familiar face, because for the second time in four weeks, it's the Ottawa Red Blacks, and we remember how that game ended uh, in Hamilton just a few short weeks ago could have gone into overtime like the Red Blacks have gone into overtime becoming the first team in CFL history to win consecutive overtime games and to discuss that we bring in our friend AJ Jakubik from TSN 1200 the play-by-play voice of the Red Blacks and uh, AJ I just I mean these la- you've called a lot of fun games Miracle on Bank Street you've called Great Cups I mean but these last two weeks as a broadcaster when it's going back and forth when there's points on both sides these must have been a lot of fun games
0: they have been Louis, and it's been it's been a long three years. Like Ottawa, <laughs> Ottawa's had an interesting history since coming back into the league. Uh, they were two and sixteen out of the gate. They came back with the the best season in Ottawa football history, win total wise, with twelve. That was the year of second and twenty five Burris to Ellingson. They ended up losing the Grey Cup. They had four pretty good years though. They won forty two games in four years. Uh, went to three Grey Cups, won one of them some really entertaining games, uh, and, and then it just fell off a cliff. So it's not like this is a long-suffering franchise. The long-suffering happened between 1981 and 2015, 34 years between Grey Cup appearances and uh, a couple of stretches when they didn't even have a team. So I, I think it's an interesting thing to, to look at from that perspective because – Okay, they're not necessarily long-suffering. They won a great cup within the last decade, but these last three years have been so bad. And you, you look at a 50-game stretch where they won eight games. That's 16% over the course of three seasons. And and then you had a missed season in there as well with COVID. So um, to, to see the buzz back in, in Ottawa right now over these last couple of weeks, to me, that's what's most gratifying, but yeah. This is the Canadian Football League that I grew up with watching in, in the 80s and 90s where just so unpredictable. And and that's the CFL at its best. And 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 I think we've seen a lot of that in recent years. But 2021, quite frankly, wasn't the best year entertainment-wise entertainment for the CFL. I think 2022 took some steps in the right direction that way. And then you look at the last couple of weeks, it's not just the two Ottawa games, which I, I think are probably front and center, but you had a great game between Toronto and Montreal. You had a terrific football game between Saskatchewan and Calgary amongst others. So yeah, it, it, uh, it feels good just to hear the buzz here in Ottawa about this football team again.
1: Yeah. I mean, to that point we were talking about their, you know, their, their red franchise losing streak at home, you know, just the struggles at TD place. And, and you're obviously connected to the city. I, I I was so quick to jump on, you know, some some people who are making the Argos all about Chad Kelly that that he was the savior of the CFL. But it is amazing what a couple of good weeks of quarterbacking can do for a fan base. And Dustin Crumb, I mean, really, twenty four years old. Where was he on the depth chart to start this season? Where he is now? What have you seen from this kid?
0: Yeah, and 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 first of all, just to kind of touch on your point about Chad Kelly and Dustin Crum and you know we saw it last year with Nathan Rourke I think it's it's not only great for the franchise here it's great for the Canadian Football League in general when you have players like this at the quarterback position because I think what I've said recently is I think the the talent top to bottom in the Canadian Football League outside of the quarterback position has never been better it's never been deeper and and to me that's Especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's a problem because the defenses are so good that if you don't have experienced, quality quarterbacks that know the CFL, it's it's a tough game, and that's where you get certain games like Saskatchewan beating Edmonton twelve eleven earlier this year, for example. So um, th- this re- league relies so heavily. It's such a team football is such an interesting sport because it's such a team sport in almost every way, but there's no more important position in all the sports and it's not even close you know whether you talk about center ice or defense or goaltenders in hockey whether you talk about strikers or central midfielders uh in in soccer or whatever you might decide nothing is close to how important the quarterback position is because it makes everything else function and and last year i i watch almost all the games in the canadian football league but i'm a busy guy i've got (laughs) other duties call other games i've got you know personal life and all yep, that so you're allowed stuff. to have one <laughs> so on average i'm watching you know if i could i'd watch all four games a week on average i'm probably watching three and i would make plans for example if i had an off night on a weekend last year i would make plans all right there's friday or saturday night and let's say the red blacks played on thursday when's nathan rourke playing Oh, he's playing Friday night? Okay, I'm watching the game. We'll hang out Saturday. That That's that's the way it was for me because he was must-watch television each and every week. And I think with Chad Kelly and certainly these first couple of weeks starting with Dustin Crum, it feels like that with him as well. I, I love the buzz around the Canadian Football League. I love the buzz, again, around Ottawa, not just with Red Blacks fans and hardcore football fans, but just casual people tuning in and seeing, oh, this guy looks like he's fun to watch, and he is. So, yeah, and and in terms of Crum and his pedigree, like, not a guy that came out of nowhere. He's MAC Player of the Year in 2021 at, at Kent State, and that's the same conference that produced Nathan Rourke as well. But you'll you, you look at that, and then you look at the next year, and he attended Kansas City Chiefs camp, and he came straight to the Canadian Football League. I think that was the key because we've lost a lot in this league of quarterbacks that have been going to the XFL, to the USFL and to have Crum come right away and not test his options with those other leagues, I think was, was so big because he got to learn the game last year on the practice roster second half of the season. And then he came into training camp where everything wasn't new to him and looked great in camp, looked excellent in preseason in Guelph against the Toronto Argonauts. And and there was just absolutely no way that they were gonna let either Dustin Crumb or Tyree Adams go based on what we saw from them. They had, they knew they had two really good young quarterbacks and Adams won his first CFL start this year as well before getting injured. So I, I think, uh, yeah, it's it's been fun to watch but just really interesting to see his progression week to week and he's, he's a rocket scientist. That's what he took at Kent yeah. State, aeronautical engineering. So he's a smart guy and you can see him processing more and more things each and every week. So, yeah, it feels like the sky's the limit for him. But uh, so far, a great start uh, for sure in the Dustin Crom era here in
1: Ottawa. I don't want to get too off topic because, I mean, let's. there's lots to talk about when it comes to this Red Blacks team. Lots to talk about when it comes to Friday night. Big East Division matchup, obviously, for both teams. But you and I have both been around. Obviously, knows this league. Uh, it, it's so good. We love it. But to market it to kent state to market it in a different you know the cbs sports deal it's it's on prime time in the u.s uh occasionally you know the the streaming deal i mean this is a big opportunity for the league the chad kelly the, the dust and crumbs guys who have names down south recent success down south in colleges to really grab a new fan base doesn't it
0: yeah i i think so and, and certainly the american deal is going to be
1: <laughs> important for the
0: Canadian Football League, but but to me, the bread and butter of the Canadian Football League is in Canada. Yeah, and I, to me, I'm excited to see TV numbers up in Canada. I, it's not that I'm mm-hmm. not excited. I, I think it is important. They're, the United States loves football at every level, but the reality is the schedule is not changing. Yeah, I mean, maybe it moves up a couple of weeks, but they're not. I, I think you know when you go back to those CFL XFL talks when you talk to people, I think that's one of the biggest stumbling blocks is they were never able to agree even on when to play a season because the Canadian football league has traditions and it doesn't mean you have to play deep into November, but labor day is important. And, and I think fall football is important in the Canadian football league. No one wants to play in March. It doesn't make sense here. <laughs> Weather stinks. Hockey's still the number one sport in this country. And, and, and so it was never going to work that way. So, it, look, in the end, I think it's important that you've got some extra revenue from whether it's globally in, in the United States and, and all that type of stuff. But the bread and butter is still going to be here in Canada and and making this league work and, and thrive and succeed in this country and, and just to have people care. Yeah, it's great that Julian Edelman's yeah. tweeting about the league and Chad Johnson and other people as well. But most important are... Are the people here in Canada going to attend games? Are they going to watch games on TSN? Are they going to listen to games on the Ticats Audio Network or TSN 1200 in Ottawa? I mean, that, that to me is what's most important. And, and I, think, I think we're seeing some positive signs this year around the league uh, in terms of interest level, which is great to see
1: and it certainly helps when you know TSN Sports Center can have highlights that are exciting enough to open a show and they have had with these Ottawa Redblacks games 852 yards on offense in these last 2 weeks of course both overtime wins uh, 441 uh, last week in the win against Calgary uh, what is it about Kahari Jones and Dustin Crum and the rest of the pieces that are clicking what do you think is is the key to this success uh, is it just the, uh, a magical performance but Dustin Crum? It seems like a lot of things are going right for this offense.
0: Yeah. And, and when you talk about the yards and the points and, and the wins, I mean, against Winnipeg and Calgary too, and, and maybe Calgary's not as good as they have been in Calgary though, over the course of the last decade. But yeah, that they, they were coming off a big win and Jake Mayer threw for a career high in his career, passing yards with over 450. And, and yeah, so those, those are two pretty good opponents to beat. As well, but I, I think the success, and, and this is by design. Sean Burke talked about this from day one. They wanted to be a dominant team at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And when you look at the offense the last couple of weeks, they've had success running the football. That that's been the key, and it starts with the O line. Um, you know, it helps it to have a quarterback in Dustin Crumb that is mobile a, a, as he is. Uh, you, you've got a one-two punch. It hasn't really mattered who the running backs have been. It could be Devontae Williams or Demontre Tuggle. It could be ex Cat Jackson Bennett. It could be Ante Milanovic-Litre, who had two touchdowns last week and, and a big, rumbling, north-south-type Mike Allstott uh, running back. So I, I think to have the running game succeed, that that gives your quarterback a chance to do some things. And, you know, I, I don't even think we've seen anywhere near the best this receiving core because shaq evans i expect him to be ready to go for his first game and i thought he was the best receiver at camp for the red blacks so so that's a huge addition unfortunately has had some injury troubles last few years but you know bad luck because a broken finger i mean that's not something that's injury prone that's just bad luck so that's what he suffered he should be good to go Uh, braylon addison's probably just a handful of weeks away and, and i don't have to tell you about the type of impact that he can make when healthy. Uh, But, you know, you've got Justin Hardy, you've got Jalen Acklin, you've got Nate Bihar, one of the best Canadian receivers in this league. And uh, I I think that group is only going to be better going forward when, if and when, Evans and and Addison are are, are both joining the fray as well. So there's a lot to like. And and certainly Kahari Jones, he's got an interesting style as an offensive coordinator. He's very patient. Um, He's a teacher. He's he's not going to be, he's going to hold people accountable, but he's not the type that's going to be down somebody's throat. And it's a bit of a different approach from maybe some of the guys that we've seen here in the past in that role that, you know, you you think of the success that Jason Moss and Jamie Elizondo had. I mean, they had great success here. So there's more than one way to do things. And and Kahari is certainly a different approach, but a guy that is so well-respected around the league for what he did, as a player and certainly what he's done now for a long time as a coach in this league. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great to see here in Ottawa because the last three years are amongst the worst in CFL history. When you talk about uh, historically bad offenses. Uh, So not only has this team been bad for three years, uh, they haven't been very entertaining for three years. And and now to all of a sudden look at this team and say, okay, they're good, but they're also wildly entertaining. That, that, to me, is exactly what the doctor ordered to try and generate interest for this football team here in Ottawa.
1: Defensively, are you, are you concerned about the performances? Is there something that has that kind of been a common theme in the last two games with the number of points allowed, or is it just the way? I mean, we've, we've seen games. That's just the way it goes. It's punch for punch. It's shot for shot. What have you seen the last two weeks defensively that um, encourages you and that you think might need some tweaking before Friday's game?
0: Well, against Winnipeg, I thought they did a fantastic job and kept the Bombers off the field in, in the second half. I, I believe they ran 11 plays in, in the mm-hmm. third and fourth quarter and a couple more in, in overtime. So, um, and, and you look at the first four games, in the three losses, Ottawa turned the ball over 14 times in those three games and only gave up 22 points a game. So pretty yeah. Pretty good indication of how good the defense has been. Um, My concern right now would be just the injuries in the secondary. Now, the good news is Sherrod Baltimore is back, and we'll see if he plays a a bigger role this week. But, you know, you're down your top two boundary corners that that started the season. Money Hunters regarded as one of the best in the Canadian Football League. Tor Peck in, in, in training camp. And as a long-term injury. And then Akeem Bailey's on the six-game injured list as well. Justin Howell's on the six-game injured list. You're starting safety. Um, so you, you, And and they let go Patrick Levels at the, the start of the uh, preseason as well. So they've had some losses in the secondary which uh, and middle linebacker as well. They've gone through three. Adam O'Claire started last week, and that's out of position for him. He's normally a weak side linebacker, but he started in the middle. Chizio Monocque's hurt. Tyron Freda, who's a Dutchman that played at North Dakota and has been really good on special teams. He was excellent. He was excellent as a fill-in. He had 11 tackles one week. And then he got injured uh, long-term as well. But the good news on that front, much like Shaq Evans on the offensive side of the ball, the guy that Ottawa went out yeah. and acquired in the offseason uh, to replace the guy that was a fan favorite and a leader and a really good football player, and Avery Williams, in the middle. But Jovan Santos knocks an all-star in this league and yeah. to go out and bring him in, I, I thought was a huge addition in the offseason, And we just haven't seen him play because of a hamstring problem, but much like Shaq Evans brought off the six game injured list and, you know, looks like he should be good to go this week, which would be a huge boost to this defense. But the, but the front is excellent. Uh, the the pressure that they're able to generate, um, you know, starting with Lorenzo Molden, but Cleon Lang and Mike Wakefield in the middle and Bryce Carter's, Already got five sacks as well. so And and Mike Fair has been absolutely fantastic for this team. You talk to players and you look at his resume uh, a couple of decades in the NFL as a coach and a scout and coach big-time college programs as well. So that's been a big addition to this staff the last couple of years uh, as well. So I I think they need to clean some things up from last week in the secondary for sure, got beat deep too many times, and, and special teams as well. I mean, They struggled week one against Montreal. They were pretty good. And, you know, Bob Dice is noted as the best in the league in that department since he arrived here in 2016. And Ottawa's teams, good, bad, or indifferent, have always been at or near the top when it comes to special teams in the league. Um, Another rough week. A a block punt that they allowed. A couple of big returns that they allowed. Uh, But, uh, you know, you're you're never going to have a perfect football game. And in the end, they've got uh, a couple of things that they definitely can work on going into this one against the Ticats.
1: It should be a fun one. Friday night under the lights in Ottawa. AJ will have the call for his respective station. And, of course, you listening on the Ticats Audio Network can listen to it right here on the Ticats Audio Network. AJ, really appreciate it. Uh, uh, We'll see you very soon, my friend. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure, Louis. And my thanks to AJ Jacobic from TSN 1200 in Ottawa for joining me on today's episode of Speaking with the Enemy, getting you set for Friday night's game. It is a 7.30 kickoff, which means Tiger Cats pregame presented by Greenworks will be on the air at 6.30. Bubba O'Neill, Andy Fantuz, getting you set for the game before handing it off to RJ Broadhead and Luke Tasker, who will have the call. And hey, while you're here on the Tiger Cats Audio Network, why don't you check out some of the other great shows we have have for you, including a brand new episode of Tie Cats Today, which you can catch every day with my friend Braden Neville, doing a great job taking over the reins of that show. That'll do it for me today. We will be back next week to get you set for the Tie Cats and Alouettes. Hope you'll join us then from all of us here at the Tie Cats Audio Network. I'm Louie Butko. Hope you have a great day.